How can engineers not just work alongside, but engage with local communities? It is a really important part of engineering, the fact that we are not only constructing in, in local communities, but we are giving back because we appreciate that a lot of what we do does impact people, it does impact communities. So what are you going to do to create a positive lasting legacy in those areas and show that you have a bit of a you know social conscience as well? How can the space sector provide an alternative to jobs in the oil and gas industry? Shetland has been famously an oil and gas hub in the UK. So that is changing. Um, and I know in some communities, um, Aberdeen, for example, there's, they're trying to reskill people and retrain them from oil and gas into renewable energies, which is a really great thing. But that's another thing we're trying to take advantage of is the fact that a lot of these skills could also be used in the space industry as well. How can a new take on old technology give back time to women in displaced communities? When you have more time, you know, the, the, the access to rest, to, to spend time on other chores, for education and, and for work. And, and those are really, really important. How can a rocket help children launch their career? We used a 72 foot, so a, a, a similar size replica to the original, and we created kind of a vehicle that gave an explanation of how does the rocket work, what are the key components, and use that as a backdrop to go and visit 13 cities right around the UK that usually are either economically or socially uh, deprived in some way to make sure that we can get more and more people A, engaged in, in launch and the space industry. Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Johnny Dowling. And I'm Rian Owen. This is one of 12 episodes originally aired between the 5th and 17th of February 2024, presenting the shortlisted entries for the Engineering Matters Awards. Every project has a community element. Some, like schools and hospitals, offer public services directly, but all must consider their impact on their neighbours and other community members. Civil engineers building a railway need to think not just about how fast they can get track down, but also about how the noise and disruption of construction works will impact the community around them, particularly its most vulnerable young people. A spaceport might one day take us to the stars, but in its planning and preparations, it can also bring an isolated community closer to the wider world. In this episode, we're looking at the shortlisted entries in the Community Champion category. This category aims to celebrate the work of engineers as they engage with and serve the needs of local communities. EKFB were shortlisted for their HS2 community engagement in Aylesbury. Saxavord Spaceport were shortlisted for their community engagement and education programme. The Washing Machine Project was shortlisted for their hand-cranked washing machines. And the UK Space Agency were shortlisted for their Space for Everyone initiative. Let's look at each of the entries in turn.
EKFB are a joint venture of four major construction companies, Ifage, Kia Group, Ferrovial and Bam Natal, working on HS2, a new high-speed railway being built in the UK. As they planned their part in the project, they monitored their interactions with local communities. And by March 2022, we had identified Booker Park School as being very close to a network rail asset that we would then subsequently later down the line need to move because HS2 would be going underneath underneath the line further down. So what we needed to do was move the network rail line and in total, I think it was around 20 meters that they moved the, the alignment and that would just allow HS2 to go underneath. That was Issy Greenfield. I work for EKFB, which is a joint venture of four major construction companies. There are Farge, Keir, Ferrovial and Bam Nuttall that work on 80 kilometres of the HS2 project. So my role is Social Value and Legacy Manager. The Booker Park School students have severe mental disabilities and profound and multiple learning disabilities. As the EKFB team engaged with the school in March 2022, they learned that many of these children were sensitive to the noise and disruption of the works. The project team collaborated with stakeholders, such as teachers and parents, to reschedule and extend the work to ensure that they did not disrupt school hours. As well as avoiding potential disruption to the children at the school, the team wanted to give something back. They designed and built a forest school making use of a previously overgrown area and incorporating elements suitable to children who may struggle with communication. I think it was the right thing to do and it was a lovely project to be involved in. I think everyone that was part of it, it was just really lovely thing to do. But obviously it's a really significant legacy piece for the community. And I think it also demonstrates that large scale infrastructure can have positive and inclusive impact as well. There's so much that we need to be held accountable for, from like skills and employment to giving back to communities we work within. And I think it's just recognising that giving back to communities is really important. And the fact that you've got a community champion award itself, I think is brilliant. And that that is being recognised and held up with everything else going on in the construction world. It's, you know, it is a really important part of engineering. The fact that we are not only constructing in, in local communities, but we are giving back because we appreciate that a lot of what we do does impact people, it does impact communities. So what are you going to do to create a positive lasting legacy in those areas and show that you have a bit of a you know social conscience as well? The Shetland Islands are the northernmost part of the UK. Until the 16th century, they were ruled by Norway. Norse place names are common, and the local dialect includes traces of the language. Local traditions still pay homage to this history. In modern times, the island's economy has been shaped by fishing, and in recent decades, by the oil and gas industry. But this is changing. Late last year, after the closing date for entries to this year's Engineering Matters Award, Saxavord Spaceport was granted permission to start satellite launches from the island. The spaceport will bring new jobs to replace those lost as the energy transition sees investment in oil and gas fall. In the run-up to launch, Bryden Priest has been leading the spaceport's engagement with the local community. 
The aim is to encourage adults to turn the skills they learned in the oil and gas sector towards space. And it seeks to show local youngsters that they too could work in this new industry. I'm actually originally from Shetland, my background's in teaching, but now I'm working um, with the team on education. At the moment is one of my, my main things I'm working on, but also plans for visitor management and what launch days are gonna look like and community engagement as well in Shetland, across Scotland and across the UK. Certainly when I was growing up, which isn't that long ago, this didn't seem like an industry that I would ever end up working in, and here I am. But in terms of education now, yes, it's still about spreading, spreading the word about the company because it is a very new industry, but it's also about trying to kind of inspire that younger generation across the country, not just in Shetland, uh, about the industry and the careers that they could possibly be working in in the future. And um, that is something that is important to us in Shetland quite specifically because some of those jobs will be based there, but this industry is going to be countrywide and worldwide, um, which has maybe not been as visible to young people. As well as encouraging young people to see a role in the industry, Saxavord is looking to help older workers reskill. Shetland has been famously an oil and gas hub uh, in the UK. So that is changing. Um, and I know in some communities, um, Aberdeen, for example, there's, they're trying to reskill people and retrain them from oil and gas into renewable energies, which is a really great thing. But that's another thing we're trying to take advantage of is the fact that a lot of these skills could also be used in the space industry as well. We're going to need engineers that could be doing similar things to what they've been doing in the oil and gas industry. Um, and so there is a lot of people in Shetland, but it's just that transition period is never going to be easy. The community engagement programme has been shaped around a series of introductions to the space industry. We started with Space 101 back in 2021, and that initially was an event that was aimed at anybody from ages 1 to 101 to, to raise awareness of the industry and kind of start planting those seeds about this could be somewhere that you could work. So we did Space 101 in 2021. Space 102 ended up happening in January 20 or January, February, crossover of that month's last year. And then we ran Space 103 in November of last year. And each of those days have had a different theme. So that kind of changes your target audience slightly as well. So Space 103, the theme was a story of a satellite. So we tried to get people to come and talk from various parts of the industry, talking about the story of how you get a satellite into space. Um, so we had ourselves talking about the spaceport and the licensing kind of side of things. We had a launch service provider talking about the rocket side of things and what launch actually looks like. And we also had companies who develop satellites and satellite software um, coming to talk to us. So um, that was Clyde Space that we had doing that part of it. And our launch service providers were Rocket Factory Augsburg that I mentioned, and also Skyrora as well, um, who are a Scottish-based company. So that's really good as well and kind of makes it a bit more local and real for people. As well as working with businesses in the space sector, the programme also worked with astronauts who will be heading to space. So we were invited to the Goodwood Festival of Speed last year. And so that's where some of this work we're doing now on education has kind of stemmed from, um, because we kind of naturally got placed together with this education company, um, RM, who provide the education platform to the whole of Scotland, um, RM Unify. And with them, we're now developing. So at the event, we did this online metaverse uh, kind of community engagement type thing where any school in the country could could log in and could have their kind of avatar walking around in the space with our astronaut teacher, Mike Mongo. 
he's an interesting guy. Uh, so he's American, um, scheduled to be going into space in the next couple of years. And he's come over the past three summers. Um, was here last year doing an online kind of camp with kids across. So we had a Shetland-based camp, we had a Scottish camp, a UK camp, and uh, a camp that anybody from anywhere in the world could access. So they had maybe three sessions a week with Mike online and we're talking about everything space everything that we're doing so we kind of took that and did it as a kind of four day intensive sessions at goodwood and um, online and yeah it was a massive uptake and through mike's camps and through our online engagements or in-person engagements in schools we did some work last year september time into our education strategy and how we kind of met the goals of that in September last year and we engaged with over 250,000 students across the world. Did you know that 70% of the world's population hand wash clothes? It's an incredible statistic that I always find quite frustrating to hear. Hi, my name is Nav. It means new in Punjabi and I'm the founder of the Washing Machine Project. That was Nav Sawney. With the Washing Machine Project, he and his colleagues are using their engineering skills to reduce hardship and risk to vulnerable community members without needing to rely on power connections or high-tech devices. And when I found out about this, uh, I thought to myself, uh, something needs to be done about it. And so I started what is called the Washing Machine Project. Uh, and its mission is really simple. We design, we manufacture, and we distribute manual crank handle washing machines that save time, water and effort, but they disproportionately affected women and children who have to take up this unpaid labour every single day. Nav and his team have been selected for the shortlist due to their mission of providing displaced and low-income communities with an accessible off-grid washing solution. They aim to empower women by giving them the time to take charge of their lives. We have uh, gone through about six versions of our machines. Uh, these are called Divya washing machines. It is the world's first flat packable washing machine. So an IKEA style washing machine that has an all metal construction that looks and feels and acts like an electric washing machine, uh, but you power it by your hand by sitting parallel to it. And uh, it saves 75% of time and 50% of water compared to to, to hand-washing clothes. It's an all-metal construction because it's recyclable at the end of life and it's completely serviceable. So the right to repair is really, really important for us uh, to make sure that people can service it locally uh, using off-the-shelf parts. The machines will give time back to women who have not shared in the benefits of modern technology. It will save water and it could support small local businesses that will support and service the machines. When you have more time, you know, the, the, the access um, to rest, um, to, to spend time on other chores for education and, and for work. Uh, and, and those are really, really important. Our machines are really purposely designed for larger families in refugee camps or in low-income areas uh, so they're robust and they're, they're, they're repairable 
um, and serviceable, which is really important to us. The UK Space Agency's Space for Everyone tour isn't just a single project, but an ongoing initiative with a focus on inspiring and engaging young people with the world of space exploration and technology. So the Space for Everyone tour was a follow-up to the UK's first launch from UK soil earlier this year on the 9th of January with Virgin Orbit. That was Matt Archer. I'm the Director of Launch at the UK Space Agency. So my role effectively encompasses both how we undertake launch from the UK and the programme that supports it, whether that be launch operators, spaceports, space technologies. All of that kind of sits within me and my team's remit, as well as kind of looking at how we can inspire the next generation using launch, given its unique opportunity to access so many people across the country. Prior to launch, the UK Space Agency already had plans to explore opportunities to use the launch to capture the minds of the youth and young adults. We also get children and teenagers right across the country to engage with something that they don't often see. Like the space sector can often be something that happens around us. This was done using a similar copy of the rocket, which better explained how the different parts were organised, showing how the rocket launched. So we used a 72-foot, so a, a, a similar size replica to the original, um, and we created kind of a vehicle that gave an explanation of how does the rocket work, what are the key components, and used that as a backdrop to go and visit 13 cities right around the UK that usually are either economically or socially deprived in some way to make sure that we can get more and more people a engaged in in launch and the space industry but to give them a real kind of look at what the careers are in the space sector so it's not just about being an astronaut or a rocket engineer you could be a designer, an artist, a communicator. You can go and do so many other jobs um, around the space sector that can be really fun and match your skill set. And we were just keen to show that off. Um, and yeah, it's been a really positive program. The rocket was transported around the country with a particular focus on cities that did not have a pre-existing link to the space sector. The 13 councils that allowed us to visit were exceptionally welcoming. And yeah, luckily we were able to get over 100, 105,000 children involved from 13 different cities. So whether that was you know, Belfast, Glasgow, Plymouth, kind of Leicester, um, you name it, we were able to go around and get kind of a great reception wherever we went. The other cities on the tour were Southampton, Swansea, Bradford, Aberdeen, Newcastle, Hull, Great Yarmouth, Wrexham and Hastings. The team brought the rocket to schools all across the country. The winners of the 2024 Engineering Matters Awards will be announced at the Cutty Sark in London on the 28th of March. You'll be able to learn more about the winning entries in in-depth episodes after the ceremony. We hope you enjoy this series of shortlist episodes. We will return with our next regular episode on Thursday, the 22nd of February.
Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. This episode was hosted by me, Johnny Dowling. My co-host was Rian Owen. This episode was written by Kiri Yayanathan and edited by Will North. Series supervision by John Young, sound engineering by Ross McPherson. And the judge of all we do is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, and on LinkedIn.